Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's our weekend preview. Manchester United against Liverpool. Tight races in La Liga, Serie A, and so much more, including North America, MLS, and Liga MX. Jimmy Conrad is here, and we give you a super fun parlay. Que golazo. Weekend preview begins right now. It's Kentucky Derby week and Sportsline has you covered. Don't lay a wager before visiting Sportsline.com for the best racing analysis from legendary handicappers. Hammering Hank Holberg has the inside scoop from Bob Baffert. Jody Demling has nailed nine Oaks Derby doubles. Horse racing guru Gene Menez will be on the Early Edge podcast dishing out his picks and getting you up to speed on how to bet the first leg of the Triple Crown. Sportsline has you covered for everything related to Saturday's run for the Roses. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kigo Lasso, our weekend preview. Some may say the best episode of the week. I don't know, maybe. Uh, but I know Jimmy Conrad agrees. Jimmy C., what's up? What's up? I'm excited. There are a lot of games to discuss and get into. But we have some big news first, because an American manager... It's taken over a legitimate team. Not, not, no disrespect to RB Salzburg, but like a team that could win a league. And okay, no disrespect to Austria. I'm digging <laughs> myself a hole. I think I think everyone knows what I'm putting down. A top five league in Europe. They have a chance to win one of those and and have a deep run in the Champions League. That's amazing. This is this is monumental historic making. And and I just took all of your thunder. But go ahead. Who who's the person? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't take anything. That's exactly where I wanted to start. Uh, well done, Jimmy, on also insulting Austria at the same time. <laughs> but uh, this is big news. Absolutely. As you listen to this, it's already been probably 24 hours. As RB Leipzig finally officially announced, Jesse Marsh moves from RB Salzburg into the Bundesliga team, a major player in Europe, of course. Uh, and it's it's massive. Obviously, it stays in the Red Bull family, but this is a big deal. And I tweeted about it, and I really want Jimmy Conrad's thoughts on this, obviously. But it, it's massive. And I would venture to say, Jimmy... It's vip, it's bigger than like when Pulisic goes to Chelsea or McKennie goes to Juventus or Des goes to Barcelona because now you have somebody that's making decisions and it's fully influencing a club, a major club. What do you think? Yeah, well, I I guess I hadn't thought about it in that framework before or just because it's pretty new news, right? And everything just got confirmed in the last five, six hours, even though the rumors were there that it was going to happen. But now that I'm processing it, it is probably bigger than those players going to those clubs for the reasons that you mentioned, because he'll have influence because he can control so many different things. And he's not just one player amongst 11 trying to make a difference on the field. So yeah, we're, we're, we're shattering ceilings. This is, this is finally kind of the tipping point I think is hit where America's looked upon now as a place where you can find a lot of talent, not just players, but managers. And, and there was a lot of speculation when he left the New York Red Bulls head job to leave that 
to go be an assistant at RB Leipzig. Everybody was like, what's he doing? That feels that's a way to step backwards, but it didn't, you feel like you're going to go from a head coach to being another head coach somewhere else. But for him to have the humility to say, listen, I'm going to learn. I want to be a part of this family. I, this is a long-term project. Clearly they've discussed it. And now it's all playing out the way that I'm sure maybe even better than he imagined. And now he's in charge of RB Leipzig and, and onwards and upwards we go, baby. I tweeted out a couple of days ago when Pulisic scored in the Champions League semifinal that we're winning the 2026 World Cup. I, know I mean, think. this is just another piece of evidence. I know we're probably not, but listen, you never know. You never know. We can have a good run, but, but I, I expect, <laughs> I, I expect minimum semifinals, there. by the way, semifinals. I expect, I have expectations for 2026 now, given the talent we have 2026, we have to get semifinals. I mean, we are hosting it. I know there's 48 teams and we're going to have to play Mozambique or something along the way, but, but I hope we can beat Mozambique. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen, that's a different conversation. Let's get back to Jesse Marsh. Absolutely thrilled for this guy. I heard that he had other options that Tottenham was a, was a destination potentially. I don't know if that was just rumor, but but if that was I true. I think our Fabrizio Romano dismantled that. But your point stands, though. He was a very sought-after coach, a very amazing. good manager. So, I was going to say that I'm glad he did not choose Tottenham. That sounds like a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, listen, uh, so many things that you said that are, are so on point. 2026 is a major target for the U.S. MNT. And Jesse Marsh, who I've interviewed a bunch, I know you know him. He's such a, He deserves this. He works his butt off. He is such a good human being, such a good manager. I'm not, I have no personal ties to the USMNT and I'm so happy for him. And I think that this is a major move and finally renewing his relationship with Tyler Adams as well, which is going to help him as well. It's just, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a big, big deal. Yeah, it's huge. I don't, I don't know. I I don't know if we can really fully appreciate how big of a deal this is. And I think the ripple effects from this kind of trust that a big club in Europe is giving to an American is going to resonate in a really positive way and hopefully create more opportunities for the next wave of American managers that want to get a shot in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. And well done, Jimmy, on uh, insulting Austria and Mozambique. Two in one. So good. I love it. <laughs> Anything to say about Peru, I, I, Jimmy? I, no, I love Peru. Uh, I'm a real, uh, I'm a renaissance man, you know? I'm, I feel like I'm a global citizen. I wanted to make sure I insult different parts of the world. You're, you're an equal opportunist. I'm an equal opportunity insult. Yeah. <laughs> no, but absolutely. And everybody, this is obviously a weekend preview. We're going to get to the games, of course, Manchester United, Liverpool, tight races in La Liga, Serie A, et cetera. But another piece of news I wanted to just bring up, uh, UEFA has joined the Premier League and FA to uh, for a social media boycott, basically from Friday, 3 p.m. their time, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. No online, no uh, commentary, tweets, posts, Instagram from that time until Monday, 11.59 p.m. their time, so 7 p.m. Eastern. This is standing in solidarity against racist abuse, discriminatory abuse, you know, making a statement. And this is snowballing. I personally, I'm not going to do anything this weekend either. I'm going to stand in solidarity with them. And listen, I know that there are so many things that need to be done aside from this. But if we've learned anything in these past few weeks is that there is such a thing in power and numbers and, mm-hmm. and enough is enough, honestly. And uh, hopefully these uh, major social media companies will pay attention. What, what are your thoughts, Jimmy, quickly on this? So quickly, on one hand, I don't think it's going to do anything to d- deter fans. You, if you If you have hate in your heart, 
that you're just going to like just tag hate on the last post at your favorite club or whatever club you want to give a hard time to or troll. It's, I don't think it's going to deter that type of behavior because Arsenal decided to take a couple of days off of social media. However, I do think it can have an incredible amount of influence with the, the social media companies, which I think is the root of why you're doing this, because if they're not posting and some of these clubs get more clicks than any other, you know, influencer or any other brand out there, then you're not there. The social media people can't run ads against that. They can't, they can't make money off of your posts. Right. So that for me is very smart. And I, I can understand where the solidarity comes because they're, they're now forcing the social media companies to be like, okay, how much money are we losing now for these, you know, two or three days that they're not doing that? Okay. Cause money talks, man. It, it's, that's the sad state of affairs that, that it should be about human rights and, and treating people with respect and learning and putting algorithms in place that, that uh, protect people from, for, for me, I think we've already discussed it. I don't think you should be anonymous online. No. I think you should be, you should be held accountable for your actions. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever get there because people love the anonymity. They love being somebody else online, like that the escapism of like going on playing, being a video game and like these role-playing games. I, I get all of that. I understand the draw to it, right? I get the dopamine hit from that stuff too. But Luis, when you and I speak, we got to speak as ourselves when we go on social media. We can't be acting like a jackass unless you, I don't know how many burner accounts you have, but but <laughs> but, but but I just don't feel like, I think it starts there in some capacity. However, by taking this stand, which is a necessary stand because it's ridiculous the amount of hate these players get for missing a pass or missing a shot because all these other donkeys that are in the social media, they couldn't do any better, but yeah, they think they can do better. Right. So, so that, that's, that has to get curbed in some capacity. And I'm hopeful that this is a message that the social media companies hear and actually do something. Otherwise it's going to get to a point where if it continues at the level that it is and continues to grow, I just feel like these, these, What's cool about social media is, right, we have these touch points. We, we could have the possibility of interacting with some of our favorite people and teams. And, and that goes away if, if the abuse continues to go up. And that would be a real shame. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well said. And uh, to conclude it, hit them where it hurts. And that's in their pockets. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Que golazo weekend preview. When we come back, a lot of action this weekend, including the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, even Liga MX has some good games as well. Weekend preview. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Everybody, welcome back to Kigo Lasso, our weekend preview. Jimmy Conrad, Jimmy, we need to begin in the Premier League. Manchester United against Liverpool, a massive game. Uh, 
Some would say maybe more for Liverpool, but still United wants to make sure that they continue their role and maintain a Champions League spot. Disclaimer, obviously we're taping this before Man United's game against Roma in Europa League. So take that with a pinch of salt, but still a massive game. What do you have for me, Jimmy? This is a tough one. I think from an odds perspective, we're going to stay away from the details just because we never know who Ole Gunnar is going to start. And we could probably take a guess at a lot of the positions, but it just helps us to not, you know, obviously. So you already put the disclaimer out there. I find this game to be interesting. The last time they played at Old Trafford, the Man United beat them in the FA Cup three to two. Uh, Just so everybody has some context, in case you didn't know, these are the two most successful clubs in Premier League history. Uh, Manchester United have 20 league titles and Liverpool have 19. So, so yeah, there's a lot going on between these two in particular. And obviously they're right down the road from each other. Um, when it was back in 2019, I'm looking here, October 20th, 2019. How's that for an exact date? They tied one, one, um, the earlier that season, it was zero, zero, both at old Trafford. So there's not much to separate these teams. And because United have these midweek games against Roma, they definitely want to get to the Europa League final. Ole Gunnar definitely wants to shake that losing in the semifinal curse. And I just feel like Liverpool has more to gain here. I don't see Liverpool losing this game. I just don't know if it's going to be a draw or a win. And just to catch everybody up, because there's so many games, we're going to do one of those crazy 10-team parlays and put $5 on it and see if we can hit like $100,000. That's what me and... Parlay partay, baby. It it is like the biggest parlay partay. So if you guys want to... Parlay like... uh, just a par, I, I don't know, bigger than a party, whatever, a carnival, a parlay carnival, I guess it is. So so Liverpool, for better or for worse, don't have any midweek games anymore. So they've actually got some rest, has some time to ease their way into it. That said, Man United didn't have to travel for leg one. They're hosting Roma for, for Edel Trafford. So they're not necessarily traveling too much. And if they have a big win there, and everybody's so used to, these teams are so used to playing every three or four days, you know, they could just carry that momentum against Roma into it. However, they could get tired. We saw it with, with PSG uh, in the Champions League. Uh, they just got tired, right? You, all these games. And if you have a team that knows how to possess the ball, they're going to crush you at some point. And I think Liverpool could sting them a little bit. I could see a 1-1 here. I could see Liverpool sneaking it out and getting a 2-1 win. I don't know how you're feeling because that's this is like this is our first parlay. <laughs> and I'm on the fence already as to what the result's going to be. Oh, man, it's going to be a long episode if we're going to go like this. But no, I'm with you. Listen, here's the thing. Historically, this is always, um, lack of a better word, tight game. because you don't, tight game. You, you don't know... You know, a, a tiny mistake in the last 15 minutes and, and something could happen. You mentioned the one all in 20, 2019. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, uh, here's the thing. The thing is, the, the, the thing that makes it different in this specific moment is that Liverpool, they need points. I agree. They need points. They need points. I don't know if they're going to win. I'm, I, I, my head is saying a draw, but... If we wanted to be risky, we could say a Liverpool win if we wanted to make it a super interesting parlay. But I don't know yet. So should we put let's it aside? Just, let's just put it as a draw. Right now, actually, those are the, the, the highest odds. So on oh, William really? Hill, oh. plus, plus 180, by the way. Plus 180 for Man United to win at home. Liverpool are the slight favorites, plus 150. And the draw is plus 245. I say we okay. go to the draw. That's the riskiest pick. Let's, go let, let, let's put it as a draw. All right. Well, let, let, let's stay in the Premier League because uh, Newcastle, your Newcastle facing Arsenal as well. Uh, again, disclaimer, Arsenal playing via Real and they're traveling to Spain as well. This game is on Sunday as well. What do you have here? 
<laughs> well, I will say from a Newcastle perspective, I always try to temper my expectations pretty much every time they play. They're on a four-game unbeaten streak, so there's something there. They are, they're on 36 points. They've now created a nine-point gap over Fulham, so they should be fine. They should stay up. They're, they're currently tied with Southampton and Burnley uh, in the table as well, only two points behind Crystal Palace. So it hasn't somehow Steve Bruce has kind of salvaged a little something here, got some good momentum. At home, though, Newcastle aren't the best. They, uh, they're the 13th best team at home in the league. They only have five wins out of 16. I, I, this Arsenal team, for me, again, needs the points, but I think their their hopes of getting into the top six are pretty dashed. They're, they're in 10th on 46. Uh, Tottenham and Liverpool are in 7th and 6th, respectively, have 53, 54. Everton's on 52. I just find it hard to believe that Arsenal are going to scrape together potentially all 15 points in their last five games to maybe push. But you never know. I just think that Arsenal is going to be a little bit more focused on taking down Villarreal and, and Newcastle could could scrape something here. I mean, they've got a little something going on right now. I don't know. This is another one. I'm like, God damn it. I don't know. Cause I, I could, we could make a case for a lot of different results. Arsenal are the better team, but Joe Willick loves to save. Newcastle and can he play goals. in this game? Was that's it a, a good, I don't know. That's a great question because if he's not allowed to play, and I'll just give you a historical stat here: the Newcastle have lost 15 of their last 16 league games against Arsenal, uh, winning the other the other one two one in 2018. All right, all right. Let's go with time, Arsenal this time in 2018. Actually, I will say though, if if we hit all of the other nine games and Arsenal blows it for us, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> yeah, and Arsenal have messed us before, <laughs> James Bench. Uh, yes, so exactly. you know, so we need to figure this one. All right, okay. Listen, I'm going for. <laughs> I don't know what you is. Is this another draw, Jimmy Conrad? No, I don't think so. I mean, Newcastle are on William Hill plus two ninety five to win straight up. This the draw is two seventy, and Arsenal is minus one twelve. So, so to win, I, I think Arsenal with Tierney coming back, with getting some of their guys healthy, they're still going to want to start to get guys match fit because they're going to have a second leg against Villarreal that they're hosting at the Emirates. I like Arsenal to do the business. And, okay, and, let's put it. I'll be with you. Let's right. do it. I all think right. Aubameyang, if he doesn't play, you know, coming back from malaria or doesn't, you know, they're going to need to get him some minutes. I could see him being up for this one and taking it out on Newcastle or Lacazette or whoever. All, all right. right. So we, we, we got those two in. We, we got it in. All right. I want to talk Everton, Aston Villa for a of second. Course. because These are very tight games. Uh, and, and as well, Everton looking for European spot. I mean, it's not completely far-fetched for Villa either. This was meant to be the return date for Jack Grealish. Mm-hmm. I doubt it will happen. <laughs> Yeah, but this good. was meant to be the return. Uh, for, but Matty Cash does come back after suspension. Wesley got some minutes finally as well against West Brom. They do fairly better when they're away from home. Everton is a tricky one to figure out sometimes, but they are looking a little bit better, especially because Hamas is feeling a little bit better. And Chilota's figuring things out, especially away and at home. They have a lot to play for. I don't know. This, this, by the way, is the oldest fixture in the Premier League. And, and finally, we're getting it. They haven't played. This is the first time they're facing each other this whole season. So, you know, Jack Rudnick, forget about it for a second. But Matty Cash does come back from an Aston Villa perspective. Wesley does help. Keenan Davis as well, helping Oli Walkers. Oli Walkers can't do it all by himself. So that's the only thing that I'll say. What, what, what do you have in this uh, game? What do you think? So what I'll say is that Everton haven't lost a Premier League home match against Aston Villa since 2008. Well, there you and, go. And, and, and 
obviously getting some good fortune from Burn Leno to let that ball go between his hands and legs uh, to, to let Everton beat Arsenal at the Emirates. Going to give them a little bit of confidence because they came into that on a winless run of six games. Also, for Aston Villa's perspective, they are in serious danger, especially with Grealish out, of kind of ending the season on a pretty flat note, which is disappointing because they were, as I know you know, quite intimately, they were they were running things, baby. They, they had the juice. Everybody's like, dog, this is Villa, baby, let's go. But they still have Tottenham, Chelsea, and Manchester United to play this season after this game. The end of their season is absolutely brutal, and that doesn't bode well for, for them to kind of finish strong. So I feel bad for Aston Villa. I think Everton are going to squeak out like a 1-0 win here. I really do. I, I think without Grealish, without having that that little spark in midfield that can turn a game on his own, who's a match winner or, or a match assist getter, you know, it's tough. Calvert-Lewin back in. Sigurdsson's look good. Hamas is good. Richarlison, you know, obviously being active and busy. I, I just think because Everton are on the precipice of maybe leapfrogging and, and staying competitive with Liverpool, obviously the, the, the big rival in the city and really close to Tottenham, I think they're going to tighten things up. I think this is going to be a 1-0 win for Everton. Yeah, I, I could see that. I think it's going to be a tie game for sure. And no Jack Grealish makes it even tougher. I will say, by the way, uh, Villa fans, that this is exactly, I think, where Villa should be anyway, regardless of Jack Grealish or not. Because I, I think after the adrenaline of the beginning of the season, you know, have to remember that Villa just about scraped relegation last season so this is it's still it's still a developing club that's still trying sure. to improve but like you said Everton are home are good by the way last season Everton did fail to get anything out of well they got a point they drew and lost last season but at home Everton much more successful I could see a one nothing as well so if you wanted to add that one in the parlay I'm not going to give you my full uh, I get it. Your, heart, your heart's in the way right now. I understand. But but I, if you wanted to put it in, listeners, I, and you want to go for an Everton win, I I think that's a very uh, very good uh, idea. I'm just gonna put all of our results in that we're kind of leaning towards, and then we can maybe pick and choose what we want. But right now, those three like parlay: Man United, Liverpool drawing, Arsenal winning, and Everton winning, pays plus twelve hundred. I want to get that ratcheted up, though. I want to get up. I want to win thousands of dollars this weekend, Luis. So we got to keep pushing. All right, so let's keep going. Uh, well, let's move on then. Let's go to La Liga for a second. La Liga, let's do it. La Liga is very interesting, by the way. Again, as we're taping this, and by the time you listen to this, Barcelona uh, is playing Granada on Thursday, but then they have another game as well on the weekend. Where, where do you want to go in La Liga? There's some, there's some good games as well because the race is tight. Well, yeah, could maybe catch everybody up on, on the table just because Sevilla is now in the conversation as well. Yeah. Do you want to... Sorry, I'm just looking up the odds right now. Well, I mean, we could go anywhere in La Liga, to be honest with you. Uh, we, you know, what, what's the more appealing fixture here for you? I think, I, I mean, I'm looking at Atletico Madrid for a second. I'm seeing Sevilla, as you mentioned. Atletico Madrid is away at Elche. That could be yeah, interesting. It, it's really tough because, you know, none of them, they're, they're playing games that they should win. Right. I mean, Atletico Madrid have dropped off a little bit, obviously, making this a lot closer than they should have. But uh, playing away to Elche, you know, Real Madrid should take care of Osasuna. I'm curious about Real Madrid just because how are they going to line up knowing that they have a big game against Chelsea a few days later? Big news for them, too. Uh, Carvajal is out for the season, by the is way. He out for the season? I didn't see that. Yes, it came out recently. He's out for the season. That's massive. 
Wow. So there are problems there. So if you wanted to be a betting man, a gambling man, an adventurous man or woman or person, um, I, I would I would say that maybe Real Madrid doesn't get anything this weekend. But then again, to your point, whenever they fail to win in the previous game, they usually turn it on in the following. So I don't know. La Liga. I don't know. I mean, I was I'm looking I'm looking at all the games right now in La Liga and. Uh, you know, Benzema to score is always a good a good shout. I'm just looking at his odds right now to do that. Him to score first is plus 200. Him anytime is minus 167. You're going to see a rotated squad here because I think Zidane wants to pay attention to the second leg, don't you think? No, 100%. But Marcelo, by the way, is also unavailable. I think that I uh, think for the uh, Champions League because he has duties in the election poll. He has to be a post. Uh, he has to be. Uh, well, I, I think Fl- Florentino Perez did that on purpose because <laughs> they're not they're not good when Marcelo plays on on the fields. They just they're they yeah. have to compensate for him so much. Yeah. So so I think Eden Hazard will get a start in this game against Osasuna. Yep. I think you got to roll him out. You got to try to get him as many minutes and not be a super sub. Let him start the game. See if he can go 45 to 60. And then maybe you can evaluate him heading into uh, the second leg. I think Asensio starts, right? He didn't start yep. uh, over the weekend. Valverde probably comes back into the team. Isco could probably come back in. So you definitely got to rest Cruz and Modric. Um, Veron and Militao, I would keep that center back pairing as much as possible. Casemiro, if he wants to get those minutes, I'd roll him out as well because that that relationship between your defensive midfielder and the center back is really, really important. And then you got Ordriazola. I think we'll fill in. Um, Vasquez is still out as well. So to lose Carvajal is tough. I don't know what Sergio Ramos's situation is. If you can get him 10, 15 minutes at the end of the game, so he could potentially play in like two and obviously something to consider, but I don't know if that's going to have much of a bearing on, on uh, this game and the result of this game. When I look at the La Liga table, Osasuna, away from home is kind of middle of the table, four wins and five draws from 16 games. Not too bad. Real Madrid are the best team away from home at home though. Uh, Madrid, 11 wins, three losses, two draws out of 16. I don't know. I, 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 I that's a tough one. This is a well, tough here's one. the thing. I think we should pick one of the top three because I don't want to touch Sevilla. Sevilla, even though they're sneaking into it, they're playing athletic and athletic. You just never know with athletic. and. Well, I would go with Atletico Madrid, to be perfectly honest. Over, over Elche. Yeah. If you, I mean, what's the odds on that? The odds are, let me go back to that really quick. Because, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Diego Simeone wants to make a point away from home. Mm-hmm. Not get a point, make a point away from home. And I don't know what the reaction is going to be for Real Madrid when they host Osasuna, who's a very, tr- it's a very tricky team. I mean, Elche too, but. I, it's between right, so, so, it's between both okay. Madrid sides, so you can go either way. Let's let's go let's go because Real Madrid's going to be a mixed lineup. We don't really know what's going to happen there. Osasuna are plucky, you know they can't get a result. Let's say this: Elche Elche finally won last week, uh, beating Levante after a run of seven games without a win. How at home, however, the hosts have gone six games without a defeat of late. So they're a less tricky opponent than Osasuna. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that I think you're right. Let's go with Atleti. Atleti win. Atleti win. Okay, boom. That's in. All right. Let's move on from La Liga because it's very difficult. It let's go, difficult. let's go to Serie A for a second because this is another tight race for the Champions League as well. Of course, Inter Milan really closing in closer and closer to Scudetto, 
but the race for Champions League spots is big. A big one here, I'm seeing Sassuolo. Atalanta is a big one. AC Milan against Benevento. Napoli Cagliari, who beat Roma 3-2. I don't think they'll do it against Napoli. So where do you want to go here? So when you look at the table, I mean, you have three teams tied on 66 points. Atalanta, 68. Napoli, Juve, AC Milan, all on 66. Lazio probably just going to settle for 61. Roma's out of the conversation now with 55. Completely fell apart and capitulated. I'm really surprised and shocked about Milan. They've dropped two straight games. They just lost to Lazio 3-0. I don't know what's going on with them. Obviously, they started the season really strong. They were Scudetto contenders, and then they just the drop-off's been real. Inter now very close to, to claiming that, so congratulations to Antonio Conte and his guys. Uh, I'm actually looking at Juve taking on Udinese. Udinese are, are 11th in the table. Yeah, I'm looking at that game. That's the uh, game I was focusing on. Yeah, just because what happens with Juve now? I'm hearing that Andre Pirlo's out and that a Maxi Allegri might be coming back to the club. And that bummed. I'm an Andrea Pirlo fan, so I'm disappointed on that. But I'm also, why did they hire him in the first place? He should have. Zero coaching history before. It's crazy to me. It's not even his kids team. And he goes into this game. It's wild. So I will say this. Juventus has won six of their last seven Serie A games against Udinese. The only exception being the most recent one, uh, Adachi Arena, a 2-1 win for uh, for Udinese last July. But Juventus has Udinese's number. However, everything that you just said, it, it's this is tricky moments for Juventus. And Udinese has some talent, has some serious talent. No, they do. I mean, they have a guy named Kevin Lasagna on their team. I mean, you got to show That's some the respect greatest to name. that. You know? <laughs> it is the greatest name in Serie A history, I think, outside of uh, Anthony Christmas, Antonio De Natale. Yeah, but uh, aside from him, obviously, uh, you know, they have such a force. Uh, Rodrigo De Paul is just one of the most sought-after players. He's fantastic. I don't know. This is going to be tricky. What What do you say? So, well, Ronaldo... Ronaldo had two goals and an assist last time these two played at the beginning of January. I think that this team has too much pride to go from winning nine straight Scudettos to not getting in the top four. I think they're going to show up. I think that the heat on Pirlo is real, or he might already know that they're going to move on without him. And maybe that'll help the team relax because sometimes that uncertainty uh, does, does add some stress to the team. Yeah. So I like Juve to win. I, let me see. Oh, you do. Okay. I do. I do. I do. They're only minus 200. You could maybe talk me into a draw, but I don't see them losing. Now, let's uh, put Juventus win then. All right, let's do that. Just historically speaking as well, they're, they're, and, and they know they need to wake up. So I'm sure that Pirlo and our Pirlo, this squad is good enough to beat Udinese. So, you know, this is Juventus we're talking about. So maybe maybe a win here, regardless of Scudetto, because Inter Milan has that. It's more about getting back into the Champions League spot because that's big. Because Napoli playing Cagliari, you know, they, they have to keep going. So also, I should add that after this game away from home against Udinese, they play AC Milan. And that right now they're tied on points, right? So next week's going to be popping off and they're hosting that one. So they need to have some momentum going into that game. Obviously, they want to be hopeful that Milan continues to drop points. And that one could really decide who finishes in the top four. And you don't want to stumble into that game. So I think I think Juve is going to get a good result here. All right. So how many uh, games we have in our party then? Go, go through it right now. Okay, so we have Man United Liverpool drawing. Yeah. Arsenal Arsenal beating Newcastle, Everton beating Aston Villa, Atletico beating Elche and Juve beating Udinese. 
it's a five team parlay right now, plus 2716. So if we bet a hundred, we would win 2,700. Um, we're only betting five, <laughs> 10 bucks total. So we'd win 270. We could still keep it going though. Well, let's so keep many- going. Let's go quick. We'll keep it going. Let's go to Liga, for example, because PSG, uh, after losing to Man City, uh, still have to worry about Liga, of course. And they face Lance, uh, who are also up there in the table as well. What do we have here? What do you think? God, this is a tough one. I mean, obviously PSG, I think, should do the business. They're going to probably want to take out some of their frustrations uh, on on Lens for not being able to get more out of the game against Manchester City. The more I thought about that game, everybody, the more I realized that the gap between the two teams isn't as big as I felt like social media was making it. I saw Gary Lineker going, oh, that was the best game I've ever seen from an English club. I'm like, dude, PSG ran them off the field the first half, so you can't claim it in the first half. The second half, they got two lucky goals. Let's just call it what it wasn't like Man City broke them down. Well, we talked about a fortune. I know, for sure. I, yeah. I know, but the more I thought about it, I'm like it's just the social media for the, for one of the first times in a long time, the social media narrative that I was seeing didn't really fit what I saw. And I didn't get to explain that uh, in as in as much detail because I had to sit with it. You know, sometimes you have to sit with a game and let it reverberate no, through. You're gonna you. let it marinate, right? Right. Now, for me, it was just the fact that in that moment, in that specific game, the you know the overall individual and cohesive force of Man City kind of emotionally shook PSG. And to your point, that first De Bruyne goal kind of just shook everything. Yeah, uh, I don't want to completely go about that game, but no, what, no, no, no. I think they're going to, I think they're going to wake up this weekend and say, you know, we're PSG. Let's get this done. So yeah. Yeah. And let's see a PSG win. Okay. If you want to pick PSG, another game to look at is Monaco Leon. If we, uh, okay. Leo. uh yeah. Monaco, Monaco are in third on 71 points, two points behind Lille. Uh, Lyon has dropped off. They've lost a couple games and got some draws. So they're 67. They're in fourth. Lens is in fifth at 56. I mean, you have a lot of top games today. Lille's taking on Nice, who are currently in ninth. And and it's in Lille's hands. I mean, they were down 2-0 to Lyon last week, and they came back and scored three goals, which is ridiculous. So, All right, so know, which may- one are you sure to add in the parlay then? Because we well, got yeah, PSG well, win. Let's, let's have another French uh, matchup. You want to go? I don't know, man. I think Monaco's better. I just feel like we'll get some better odds with you know, one of these other clubs, but with a Monaco win, I, I like Monaco a lot. Let's uh, put it. Let's go. Let's do okay. it. All right. All right. That's it. All right. Let's do it. it now I feel, it's five bucks, man. Let's, let's do that's it. That's true. Let's live. It's yeah. I mean, a, PSG is such the heavy favorites. Leo, uh, Monaco. It's not a Nico Cantor $2 bet. It's uh we're going a little bit more crazy. <laughs> Monaco is plus plus one thirty. That's going to help our parlay a lot. Okay. okay. Keep going. Keep going. Boom. All right. Well, well, now we're moving to the Bundesliga very quick. And what's going on in the Bundesliga? Well, it's really, I'm focused on the DFB Pokal. So it's correct. The, right. The the German, cup. Yeah. yeah. The German cup semifinals, Werder Bremen's taking on RB Leipzig. These two teams played a couple months ago or maybe less than that a five or six weeks ago and RB Leipzig won four one it unfortunately for Leipzig they've got a couple things right Julian Nagelsmann is gone so we have that kind of German culture getting way ahead of things that could rattle a team we saw Borussia Mönchengladbach get rattled when Marco Ross announced he was leaving to Dortmund I don't know I feel like this Leipzig team everybody kind of knows that this is a stepping stone club to other things and so if that includes the manager we see Upa Meccano's already on his way out. Uh, Kanate's probably going to Liverpool. Werder Bremen have lost seven straight in the league. They're now one point out of the relegation zone. Their form is terrible right now. So I like RB Leipzig to win. I think that's pretty slam dunk in 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 my. I do because I think that I think that I agree about the German thinking of oh we'll announce an exit and an uh, and an announcement for a new manager. 
you know, before the season's even over. But I think in this specific situation, there was a lot more communication behind the scenes. And I think that Nagelsmann is going to want to end off with a trophy. So he's going to do everything he can. Agreed. Agreed. So I see an RB Leipzig win too. Let's add it in. Okay. So I added that in. That are minus 325, so it doesn't jump us up too much, but we'll take it. And then Dortmund's taking on Holstein Kiel. And Kiel is a second division club. They've got crushed by COVID-19 not too long ago. So they have a lot of games at hand in the second division, but they're now only one point behind Hamburg with, with I think, two games at hand. Yeah. That, that last playoff position to get uh, potentially get promoted. So it's a big deal for the club. This game actually probably hasn't come at a good time for them, given that they're trying, trying to focus on getting promoted. And Dortmund's, I mean, they're now knocked out. Same same with Nagelsmann. I think Edin Terzic, the manager of Dortmund, who's the interim, is going to try to win a trophy on his way out, you know? So it would be kind of cool to see Leipzig and Dortmund face in the final. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think Dortmund well, just add them too, in. too strong. Uh, we could add them in. I don't know if we need to, but if we want, well, why not? All right, we'll put them in. Why not? Because what that's eight, right? That's eight. And we're now at plus 10,000. So I want to <laughs> so finish with two more. Let's make it 10. Two more leaving Europe and going to North America. One okay, MLS sorry. fixture and one Liga MX fixture. The MLS fixture, Sounders against the Galaxy. Yeah, Woo. fantastic game. Galaxy are the best team in the league. They have two wins. The only team after two games to have two wins. Six goals, four, four against. They beat Inter Miami and... and uh, I forgot who they just beat. Was it Houston uh, yeah. recently? And Chicharito has got five goals in two games. The guy's on fire. What I find crazy, I went on William Hill. You can get Chicharito to score any time against the Sounders plus plus 163. I was like, what? Do William, are they, I don't think they watch MLS, baby. This guy's on fire. And Chicharito, yeah. when he's on fire, just scores. And it goals. was the Red Bulls, by the way. Not Red not, Bulls. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. So, so, um, even though this game is in Seattle, which makes it a little bit more difficult whether there are fans there or not. And they have uh, their own uh, good strike in Raul Ruiz as well. That's so. right. He's got two goals. So so this is a tough one. I don't know where you see this going. My one concern, Sounders have given up one goal. And it was to LAFC last week. It was a 1-1 draw. Yeah. And it was just because the wall jumped. The wall jumped and they 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 sneaked it through. And, and uh, Stephen Fry just, you know, obviously he couldn't do it. He couldn't get there. That's the only goal they've given up. So they've been pretty good in the run of play. And that makes me a little fearful. On the flip side, the Galaxy have given up four goals in in two games, which is not a good record. So I don't know where you want this to well, lead. I don't, know, I don't know where I'm leaning here, but I think Seattle at home. That's what I was going to say, but I also wanted to find out, is it a complete empty stadium or are they allowing some fans in there? Because, you know. I, there might be, I think there might be some fans, but. I've played there before and it's, it's not the same. Gotcha. It will never match, you know, the, the, but obviously you can still get some buzz from some fans, but no, no, no. Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to go with a high scoring draw, but I don't think Seattle's going to draw again. I feel that they're going to sneak this one. I think this is going to be LA galaxy's first loss of the season. Chicharito will keep scoring. I think he'll get one here. I think, I think to your point is good. I think inter Miami, the first game of the season under Phil Neville, they're obviously going to be a little unsettled trying to, and they have to come back from it. Like they that's weren't true. That's true. And then, and then New York Red Bulls, I'm not sold on them. They're you know, in I think transition. Like they're not, they yeah. are in transition. So I think the Sounders are like a solid team and know who this they is are. Their got first their identity. Test. Yeah. So I think you're, I think you're right. I think they might right. get punch, punched in the face here. All right, let me get Seattle win. We only have one draw out of all these, by the way. <laughs> oh it boy. might be a little risky. Well, the next one, which uh, some would say, and I think definitely from a U.S. viewer perspective, is the big one. This is in Liga MX, a massive game. 
Huge. I mean, if you don't know, Liga MX is the most watched league in the United States. It's just a tremendous game, but we have a really good game here. And which one is that one? What do you want? You want to call it Pumas America is the one that you want to go to, or is there anything else? No, I listen, I have nothing but respect for Pumas uh, in America. In America, That's obviously uh, a great game. And America is currently second in the table. So listen, there's only two games left in, in, in the season. Yeah, no, excuse me, up only, like one game, only one game left. Excuse me. This is the last game before La La Guia starts and their playoffs, but they changed their playoff format. I don't know if you're familiar they, with this. They did, yep. The top four teams automatically get a spot and then they kind of switch it to what the championship does to try to get promoted to the premiership. Yeah. Everybody else has play-in games uh, ultimately. So, so before it was just the top eight teams made the playoffs. Now they've opened it up to 12 and, and four through 12 kind of play in until, and then whoever wins those will take on the top four teams. So America's taking on Pumas. Pumas have a real outside of that top 12, but it doesn't look good. So I'm going, actually, I want to talk about Guadalajara taking on Tigres. They both tied with Chivas Tigre, huge. Chivas were left for dead. Everybody. They now won three straight games to get them back in this position. Uh, Tigres, they're a team that likes to turn it on when they're ready to turn it on. Obviously lost the club World Cup final admirably to Bayern Munich uh, most recently. So they've got a ton of firepower, including Andre Pierre Gignac. And, and, but Tuca, their, their manager doesn't, their long-term manager, Tuca Ferrati, doesn't, I don't think he's coming back. So that's some intrigue there in a lot of different ways. They're, this is just a great game. You got two, two teams that are in a good position to book their ticket for these extended playoffs, but I don't know, you know, they could still maybe get caught and you obviously want to have good form going into it. And Guadalajara is one of the hottest teams in all of Mexico. So, but Tigres are unbeaten in their last three as well. Two wins and a draw. I think this game is popping off. This one could, this one could really hurt us. I'll be really sad if we get nine out of 10 and we don't hit this, by the way. I feel that Tigres will win this purely because I just don't see this team wanting to end Tuca's reign like this on a bad night. Like they want a win. They want a win. I, I, I feel like Gignac could be, could be uh, set for a memorable evening, I think. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? I, I'm leaning towards a Tigres win. Well, well, Tigres just had a big win this past weekend against Monterrey. Their big derby in the city they share. Uh, Chivas, though, had a big win against Atlas away from home. Uh, Chivas just beat Monterrey, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple weeks ago, 2-1. So They're inconsistent at home, though, Jimmy. Chivas. I know, they are, they I mean, are. They they've are. only been able to, to do, what, two wins in seven matches. Only all right, let's, Okay, all right, you got uh, me. Let's go Tigres. Let's go Tigres. Okay, boom. <laughs> We're gonna get it wrong. <laughs> okay, wow, that that's crazy. Um, so run it, run the whole thing. Okay, so listen up, everybody. Doing, everybody. And this, they, this is what we're doing. If I you want everybody get, to listen and get crazy. Get crazy with us. So Man right. United versus Liverpool to draw, which is already, <laughs> you know, we're going for it. The uh, only Arsenal, Arsenal to beat Newcastle, Everton to beat Aston Villa, Atletico Madrid to beat Elche, Juve to beat Udinese. Monaco to take down Leo, uh, Leipzig to take down Werder Bremen, Dortmund to take down Holstein Kiel, the Sounders to punch LA Galaxy in the face and let them know who the best is in the Western Conference and all the league to win, and then Tigres to go into Guadalajara and take down the Goats, also known as Chivas. That will pay us plus 47,000. Oh, come on, people. You got to make it happen. And I'm going to do two, by the way, because I'm going to do Villa beating Everett. <laughs> Plus 47,000. Yeah. So no. if we, 
We have to bet 100 to win 47,000. We're going to bet 10 total. That'll give us 4,700. All right. You have no excuses, everybody. Just put no. five bucks in. I, that's, I'm gonna, you and I can do five bucks. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll send 10 to, to, to um, my bookie, Lisa Roman, and, uh, and also known as our producer, Lisa Roman. And, and, uh, you didn't she, know that it was part of her contract, but she now knows that it is. She now knows. She knows. It's, it's a new writer in her contract. Yeah. Uh, and I also like green MMs only. Lisa. So <laughs> that's it. That's it. That was a great preview, man. I had fun doing that. I, I love it. I love it. Well, there you have it. And by the way, like I said, I'm going to have two parlays because I'm going to do exactly the same on the other side by Villa beating Everton and the other one. So I wonder, like, that can even maybe go higher. You never know. You know, I, it probably will. But listen, everybody, that was your weekend preview. You can't complain. We gave you everything. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, Luis. And I want to give a shout out to the old firm derby that's happening today, but it doesn't have anything on it. That's why we really didn't get into it. But Rangers and Steven Gerrard have never, he's never lost to Celtic as manager of Rangers. So I feel like that's a foregone conclusion. Absolutely. Jimmy C, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Luis. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, CBSSports.com. Have a great, great weekend.